Welcome to the W2 Prison Break Show, a podcast and YouTube series hosted by real estate investor, author, and coach Brian O'Neill. Tune in each week as we interview business owners who have successfully planned and executed their W2 Prison Break. You'll hear their stories, learn about their challenges, and what ultimately pushed them over the edge and gave them the courage to break free. Most importantly, you'll discover they are not much different than you. Listen in each week as we give you useful insights and action items to start your W-2 prison break and get you on the path you were always meant to be on. Hey there, friends. It's time for another edition of the W-2 prison break show. And as always, thank you very much for tuning in each week. If this is your first time, this is your first show, welcome to the show. And I hope you enjoy it. And if you do enjoy it, please share it with somebody. Please share it. That's how we're able to help more people. And remember that our mission is to inspire and educate 1 million people to quit their W-2 job and start the business of their dreams. 1 million people, that's a lot of people. So I need everybody's help. If you know someone that's in a job that they hate or in a situation that they're just not happy with and they don't know where to start, share this podcast with them. I'd be super grateful and it may help them. So today, you're going to be really excited about today's guest, a ton of energy. So get ready to get your energy level up. I'm speaking with David Lindsay today, and he has been an athlete his entire life, and he's a keynote speaker. He's a full-time coach and trainer for corporations, so he helps companies. And he's going to talk about his five steps towards improved vitality, which he's developed as a result of speaking. He didn't like copy this. It's like, hey, like this is what I've been doing my whole life and I'm going to share it with the world here. So really going to love the energy and the value that he brings. And I know you'll get a nugget or two or three that you can take into your own life and help you move the needle forward. And it's really about all, it's really all about taking that very first step. So let's get right to the episode. David, welcome to the show. Welcome to the W2 Prison Break show. So happy to have you on, man. Thank you very much, Brian. I'm super pumped up and excited to be part of this. And hopefully we can give your listeners some tools and systems that they can use straight away to energize themselves, to feel better, to basically raise their vitality. No doubt. And I love your energy, especially at the hour that you're at. By the way, you are the first international guest on the W2 Prison Break show. Folks, David is in Sydney, Australia. What is it? You told me what time it was. Yeah, it's 6.30 in the morning, so it's not too early. I'm an early riser myself anyway. I normally get up around 3 o'clock to get a lot of stuff done before most people are awake. Yeah, absolutely, which is important. Maybe let's stay there a little bit. Mm -hmm. We're going to get into your coaching business, and you got a lot of cool stuff to share, but how long have you been getting up that early, I would ask you? Yeah, I've always been an early riser. Even when I was at school, I'd get up around... 4.35 o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. And that was really because like, I've always been a thick guy. I've never been the biggest guy, but I begged my parents for a gym set when I was very little and we got our weight set. And the best time for me to do it, because I was so busy in the afternoon with sports, with homework, is to get my training done in the morning. So it's really been a lifestyle that I've had since I was like 13, 14, around that age, just getting up early. And yeah, getting stuff done while other people are still sleeping. There's no distractions there. I agree. There's something about the morning where you really, it's just you and the darkness a lot of times Mm -hmm. and, you know, you can get a lot done. So what you're essentially saying is it's become a habit for you. Like just like sleeping in and going to bed late is a habit. You have created this habit. 
of getting up early and getting to work right away. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's what it is with everything in life, whether it's with training, with business, with life in general, you don't make these big drastic changes overnight and expect them to stick. It's small little incremental changes day after day after day. And like you said, it becomes a habit. It becomes habitual. I get up without my alarm. Like I don't need an alarm. And people also go, but David, you only sleep for like five or six hours. But I also have a nap during the day as well. Because for me, and speaking to many athletes and many high-level performers in the corporate world as well, you know, you don't want that 2, 3, 4 p.m. slump. Mm-hmm. So having a 25-minute power nap or I like to put on my headphones. I always have my headphones around with me. I put on guided meditation for anywhere from 20 to 25 minutes. And it really just pumps me up and gives me the energy to bring it home strong. That's a great share because most people would think, hey, five to six hours of sleep per night, you know, you'd be dead by the afternoon time, you know, but you're clearly have enough energy to the point where, you know, you're like ready to jump through the screen here, which is super awesome. (laughs) For sure. I mean, yeah, because getting up early with the training that I do with the nap during, during the day as well, like I said, it's only that 20, 25 minute because you don't want to get into the REM cycle. Mm. And I tell people as well, it's about the quality of sleep not the quantity that you have. That's why when I'm talking to people and they go, I got 10 hours sleep and I'm still tired. I woke up like I've been run over by a bus. Whereas I get five or six hours sleep and I'm jumping out of my skin. So it's creating that quality of sleep over quantity. Yeah, I love that. And you said something about the small incremental steps, which we're going to talk a lot Mm. about today. And listen, folks, David is the first guy who said this, who's successful, okay? Talk more on that because I think most of us think, and that's probably one of the reasons why we don't go after our dreams, we don't go after our goals, is because Mm. we have this bar so high and we just think we can't do it. And we think we've got to do it all tomorrow, right? Whereas (laughs) that's not the case, it's small. So expand on that a little bit more just to give context to the listeners. Yeah, very much so. Because like we were talking about beforehand, I'm a big Eric Thomas fan. I love listening to his stuff. And it was actually going and singing of him, which was very last minute in Sydney. Mm-hmm. But because it was last minute, I bought a ticket for myself and my mate, and my mate couldn't turn up until he was on. And I was watching these other speakers, and you know, you sort of go, who am I to get up on there? I don't have a message. Like you said, it's so far away. But then I went and I stepped outside of my comfort zone as well. One of the ladies that was on earlier in the day, she had a cardboard sheet in her hand and said, sometimes you have to take the first step. And because I was there by myself, I stood up and I walked to the front and she smiled and nodded her head and then gave me that little envelope. And what that was, that was a voucher to a three-day speaking boot camp. So it's because I got out of my comfort zone. I literally took that first step, but that still didn't open the door for me. What it did was it started just pointing me in the right direction. After that, I did a 12-month speaking course, and still it was during that time where switches started to go on, and I started to move forward, like we said, that little by little by little. I've been speaking now for seven years, and Mm. people go, they think it happened overnight, but you don't hear about stuff the first six, the first six and a half, the first seven years even, and it's like this old saying, it takes a long time to become an overnight success because everything is done in the darkness. People don't care what you're doing until you make it big. So all of that stuff that's happening 
is building up millimeter by millimeter. Because you think about it, if you move 1% forward each day, which isn't much in the scheme of things, in 100 days, because of exponential growth, you haven't just come 100%. You've come 130, 140% because it's that building upon building, layer upon layer in order to get to your goal. Such a great share there, David. And it's the unseen hours is what you're referring to. Like nobody's watching you, you know, do what you do every day for that many years. Would you say, speaking for seven years, that maybe you're feeling that not that you've made it, but that you're really, really good at your craft or maybe the vision that you had when you took that literal first step so Mm. long ago, like you're finally there or do you still have more to go? I'm a long way from getting there. And no matter how big you get, like I spoke to before and as well, I'm looking at going over to the States in October and then early on next year as well mm-hmm. to hopefully get some speaking tours going. Yes, I'm very good at the craft because it's practice, practice, refine, practice, practice, refine, perform, refine, and you're constantly moving forward each time. But no one is ever going to play the perfect game of football. No one's ever going to play the perfect game of golf. No one's ever going to do the perfect set with speaking, but it's just about keep on moving forward. No matter how big you get, no matter how good you get, you can't become complacent with, I've made it now. Yeah. Because when you get like that, you get overtaken and you get forgotten about. Because think about Michael Jordan, even when he was the best in the world. I'm not a basketball fan, but I'm a fan of greatness. And Michael Jordan's thing was to become so good that everyone, including the wives, the kids wanted to see Michael Jordan play. He didn't get to the top and stop. He kept practicing harder, training harder than everyone around him. Yet even he couldn't keep that up forever. So it's just constantly moving forward. Yeah. So you're still looking to improve 1% every day. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about continuous, never-ending improvement in everything you do. And that's with, like I've spoke to you before about my five steps towards improved vitality. The fifth step on that is recap. And with that, what I do is I watch the video of my talk. How I watch it three times. One time, I just listen to it. The second time, I watch it without the audio. And then the third time, I watch it with both. Just to making sure that everything, my body language is correct. And I understand what I'm talking about without hearing it. Is my tone correct? Do I understand the meaning that I get without seeing it and then combining it and going, where can I improve? There's always room for improvement. That's really interesting that you, because I watch myself too on my podcasts and my shows and stuff, but I've never done it without the sound turned off. I see the value in that. Why do you watch with the sound turned off? Yeah, because when I'm speaking as well up on a stage in front of 200, 300, 1,000 people, your body language conveys I think it's something like 70% of the message along with the tone, not your actual words. So is my body language congruent with my message? Because I talk about it all the time, that emotion is led by motion. So the way that you sit, the way that you stand, the way that you move influences the way that you feel, therefore the way that you act. So if you sit slumpy, like doing this podcast, I see that you're standing up, I'm standing up because that allows energy to flow through. It's the same as with speaking is, my body language congruent with what my message is. Can I understand what I'm conveying just by watching it? God, I love that. All right. So question for you, David, you were at this Eric Thomas event, right? Had you had aspirations of being a speaker 
prior to going to that event or did it kind of just hit you right there? Yeah, I never did because as you mentioned before, people think that they have, you have to reach to the stars tomorrow. And I knew people like Eric Thomas, Les Brown, Tony Robbins, all those sort of guys. And I would just sit back in awe of what they did. I'd go, man, imagine being up on that stage. Imagine feeling the energy from the crowd. Imagine being able to make that amount of difference in the world. So I never, never even thought of myself as being up on the stage Mm -hmm. because I thought, I'm just David. What do I have to share? I'm an athlete. I snapped my arm arm wrestling. I played rugby league for lower grades in South Sydney. I suffered two knee reconstructions with that, and I'm a cage fighter. What do I have to talk about? But then I looked at it, and it was, as we've said before, it's that constant little bit moving forward, little bit moving forward, and also getting coaches along the way. I wouldn't be able to do this by myself because it would just be like getting dropped in the ocean where all around you is ocean and telling you to swim to the nearest island. You don't know what direction to go. Maybe there's an island just over the horizon. And if someone told you about that, you'd be able to head in the right direction. But, you know, if you don't have a coach, you don't have direction. And with the people that I surrounded myself with as well, they didn't just point me in the right direction. They helped me build a boat, which is my five steps towards improved vitality. And then we got the engine going and we motored on towards that. So that's the importance of getting a coach, having mentors. And it's not all just to do with speaking. My wrestling coach has been the biggest influence in my life, more so than anyone else. Yeah. I love what you said about coaches too, because that was a huge disconnect for me for so many years. Why I was stuck in my my job for so Mm. long is because I refused to invest in myself in coaching. I thought I knew it all. And it wasn't until I did that when I left my job, which is Mm. kind of ironic how that happens, right? But you've mentioned the Vitality 5-step system a few times. I definitely want to get to that. This has come from your speaking, okay? You've developed this from your speaking because you're talking to corporations and training and helping them. So we'll get into a little bit of that. And you were showing me some cool stuff on your whiteboard there in the back. And for those who are watching on YouTube, you get to see it. For those who are not, go to YouTube. Yeah, (laughs) certainly go to YouTube. This is the model that I created through speaking, but it's from my life as an athlete, as a coach, and as a trainer. Because before I show it, because there's so many similarities between a sports team and a business team. We all have different positions requiring different skill sets and different mindsets. I explained before how a quarterback needs to have a different skill sets to a wide receiver, which needs different skill sets, different physique to a linebacker. Same as in work, you have the accountants. They need to be good at figures. They don't need to be all bubbly like the front of house staff do. So this is all, you can use these steps in business, in sports, in your life, just to get up there in general, just to raise your vitality. Mm -hmm. So you'll see it's five steps here. The first one is snap. It's creating routines and rituals to snap into action. Like I've mentioned before already about the power of posture. So I love using posture, walking with power, passion, and purpose. I've already shown I have my headphones everywhere, utilizing the power of music. And those routines and rituals, as we mentioned before, it's doing those little things day after day, making it a habit. Because once you make it a habit, it just happens and you fire up when you're on your way to work so that once you walk into work, you're ready to snap into action. Like with fighting, I can't waste time before I snap into action before a fight. Or you can get knocked out. 
you have to be ready the moment you step into the cage or the ring. So that's those routines and rituals to snap into action. Then you go from snapping into action into napping for peak performance. That's where I mentioned things like putting my headphones on, a guided meditation, having a lunch break, refueling your body and mind, even staying hydrated. Because in Western society, really, we're chronically dehydrated. So rehydrating, utilizing the Pomodoro technique, utilizing the Zinganic effect, all these things that I've learned, but it's about napping the peak performance. Because with our mobile phones, we're all accessible 24-7-365. We need that time to rest, recover, recuperate. But then once you've had that nap, snap back into action. Then the next one goes to tap, knowing that it's okay to fail. So long as you fail fast, you fail forward, you tap and evolve, especially what the world's been through the last two and a half, three years. This is a perfect time to experiment, to try things, to be an innovator or an early adapter. But be aware that there's times when you do have to tap, learn, grow, and evolve. Then you snap back into action. Then we go down the chain and we have flat. It's all about celebrating. We do this all the time in sports, but very rarely in business. Celebrating the time, effort, and dedication that someone puts to their craft because it's all about bringing the team together. Because you may have heard the saying, and your listeners may have heard it, that a champion team will beat a team of champions. And what that is, is because you get the team that want to work for each other. I was in a good team with South Sydney. We weren't the best. We weren't the greatest. But because we built up those relationships, we won the competition. And that's against the other representative teams as well, because we really wanted to do it for each other. And that's the same as in work. And then the last one is recap which is all about continuous, never-ending improvement in everything we do with fighting. And it's basically what I said before. When I speak, I watch the talk. I listen to it. I watch it without sound, and I listen to it and watch it at the same time. What can I do better? I don't just do that by myself. I've got my workmates that we do it with. We sit down, and we're very critical. But we're critical, but we give ways how I can improve it. So it's not just like throwing stuff at me going, David, that was rubbish. David, uh, that was no good. It's constructive. So it's all about this constructive feedback. As a coach, I want problems. I need problems. But I also need solutions with it. Because yes, we're going to appreciate what worked. But by finding out what didn't work and how can we improve that, we're going to move the line forward. We're going to move the line forward and upward to getting better and better. Then after the recap, we snap back into action. So whether it's for the next fight, the next game, or the next project. So it's really about creating those routines and rituals to snap into action. Doing power moves, changing your state so that you're ready at any given time. That's how I can get up at 3 o'clock in the morning to perform at 4 o'clock. That's how I can perform at 9 or 10 o'clock at night, utilizing this system, and it does increase morale, productivity, and profitability of the business. Hey there, back to the episode in just a moment. Are you a homeowner in the Chicagoland area who's struggling to sell your home or even own nothing and looking to maximize your price before the market slides? Are you tired of the traditional home selling process that takes months and costs you thousands in fees and repairs? Whether you're facing foreclosure, going through a divorce, or simply need to sell your home fast, WeBuyHousesChicago.org can help. We've been buying homes in Chicago since 2019, and we specialize in helping sellers who are stuck. 
Unlike traditional real estate buyers, we buy homes as is and can close in as little as seven days. No repairs, no inspections, and no fees. Just a fast, hassle-free sale. Let WeBuyHousesChicago.org help you sell your home and move on to the next phase of your life. Call or text us today at 312-500-6121. If you know someone who is struggling to sell their home or simply just wants top price, please share this message with them. As a listener of the W2 Prison Break Show, WeBuyHouseOfChicago.org will pay you for your referral. If you send us a referral and we buy their house, we will pay you a $1,000 referral fee. Simply have your referral mention the W2 Prison Break Show. Let's get back to the show. I love that. First of all, folks, don't watch that on YouTube. Right? He literally has his whiteboard here and he's showing it. So you got to see this because this is, again, the energy level is definitely there, which I love. I'll ask you this in a minute, what you think the most important one is. And maybe there isn't, but I'm going to ask you that anyways. But yeah. What I just took away from that as an entrepreneur, as a busy person, and as someone who is like all go all the time, can't sit still for five seconds, I really liked the nap part, which doesn't necessarily mean go to sleep, but it's like, hey, you got to take it easy, man. You got to take breaks. or So other than the nap and the music, I love that. You mentioned other, what are some other things you said the Pomodoro, which is, is it the 80-20? Yeah. It's where you work in short, intense Right. Increments. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you set up a timer for 20, 25 minutes. Because when I'm speaking as well, I explain it's like a gym. When you go to a gym, you don't put 100 kilos on the bar and do squats or do bench press. Uh You start off with a small amount of weight. You still end up sore and sorry because you've stressed the muscle, the bones, the tendons, ligaments. Like with work, you're stressing your mind out. Many people think that stress is a bad thing, but it's not. Stress is required for growth, but it's stress plus recovery is where the growth is. And that's where just getting out, getting some fresh air, getting away from your computer, even something as much as standing up, physically turning away from your computer, taking a big, deep cleansing breath. Sometimes that's enough just to slow your thought process down. Just to slow everything down so that you don't make mistake after mistake after mistake and having that compound effect. Yeah. You got to step away. Okay. I love that. Thank you for clarifying. So what would you say out of those five? I mean, if you had to pick, it would be the most critical one. Snap. Creating routines and rituals to snap into action. Because like I said, when I can speak and I've had to do that being in Sydney, Australia, I spoke over in, from Sydney, over in Paris. I had an event at midnight. I've spoken over in the States from here at eight o'clock at night, at four o'clock in the morning. So having those routines and rituals to snap into action. So you might wake up and feel a little bit groggy, but you do, yes, your power move. And then all of a sudden, you know, you have your energy. I put my headphones on and I move, I move. I listen to motivational stuff. I was listening to Eric Thomas just before we came on. And just before that, I listened to a couple of remixes that have been done. That's really going through my head. The Red Hot Chili Peppers remix. I love it. It just gets me going. So utilize, for me, snap is the most important. I've had to do talk for as short as like 10 or 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. I just spend it on creating routines and rituals to snap into action. That's how important that one is. Yes, you need the nap so that you don't burn out, but snapping into action is the, f- that's why we keep going back to that all the time. Yeah, because you do have to go back. It's one thing to wake up early, right? And then if you're taking breaks throughout the day, we normally fizzle out. 
during the day. So that's like the snapping would be more challenging, I would assume, for those of us who are not doing the right things. And that's why people hit that 3, 4 p.m. slump where it's just like, because what you'll find people tend to do is, and I ask people when I talk, I go, who had a lunch break? And it's surprising how many people don't have lunch, right? Because they believe that they're going to be more productive by just working their way through lunch, having a coffee, having a high fat, high sugar donut, and not get away from their computer the whole time. Whereas there's research that shows that we're so much more productive if we go for a walk, get some fresh air, because that allows, and also get some food to refuel your body and mind so that you don't get that 3 p.m. slump. You can motor the way through. It's like playing a game of, football or fighting or basketball or anything. It doesn't matter if you win the first half, Mm -hmm. if you get overtaken in the second half or the fourth quarter or even the last second and they score more points than you, they've won. So it's about keeping that energy going the whole game and going into the last bell. Mm, Yeah. There's so many good references to sports and Mm. your life and business. And you've obviously brought that into your speaking. And your coaching, which is just great. I mean, you found your voice for sure. Tell us about your podcast, David, the Dynamic Company Culture Podcast. I want to make sure the listeners check that out as well. Yeah, with that, that's all about getting leaders from all around the world because I like getting them from different areas because different cultures do things differently, obviously. But what it is, it's about celebrating what works. What do you do each and every day as a leader of a business to create a culture? Because it's not about individuals, because it doesn't matter how good an individual is, if there's a terrible culture, it becomes cancerous and it just spreads through. So I like to learn from people that have been there, done that. And I like to share with the audience as well. We learn about what works, but I also like learning about what didn't work because we all have obstacles in life. People think that the guys that are CEOs, CFOs, any of that C-level, they think that they got it all smooth sailing. Nobody has a smooth sailing in life. Or if you do, you don't appreciate it because you learn more from the knocks, from the bumps, from the bruises, from those obstacles that you have to overcome. And that's what I, I like to learn. So I learn, and you also see patterns that emerge, like how leadership has changed so much from the 80s and 90s to now into the 2020s and beyond. It's constantly evolving So we have to constantly be there moving with it. So it's more about not having a dictatorship, but working together as a team, coaching people. And that's where, like I said, we all have different positions, different skill sets, different mindsets. If you're the boss, manager or supervisor, you're a coach or a trainer. And there's so many differences from a coach to a boss because a boss tends to have that dictatorship. They have that, you do this, you do that. And that just doesn't work these days. Was a coach is all about elevating their team, giving them the skill sets, giving them the mindset, giving them the structure in order to perform their position as exceptionally well as possible. That's so good. I can tell you as a business owner, David, one of the biggest things that I've learned, because I grew up in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and that was the culture, like the boss man with the mm-hmm. finger that you were pointing to everyone. Yeah. And if you're watching on YouTube, it's like, you do this, <laughs> and you know I do that. And And that's not the world we live in anymore. And the biggest benefit I did to my team was to empower them, like to say, hey, like to give them these responsibilities and make them part of the team. And it was like their level of performance just went through the roof. It was just really, and it's great to watch, right? Because it's like, well, I don't don't have to tell them what to do. They know what to do. 
Yeah, because that, that empowers not just them, but it also empowers you as their coach, as their leader to concentrate on things that are going to move the needle more. Because if you're micromanaging, if you're doing all this sort of stuff, you either have the wrong people in the job or you don't trust the people. Because if you're micromanaging people, well, then you can't spend that time doing things that are going to help grow the business. As a leader and as a coach, we're there to grow our business. So if you're wasting eight hours a day looking over people's shoulder, that's not helping anyone. But yeah, like you said, you also empower your workers and you'll find that they more often than not will raise the challenge. And not just that, because you give them that autonomy, they're going to raise the bar again and again and again. So good. So good. All right. I have to ask a selfish question. Okay. Mm. My wife and I are watching rugby the other day. Yep. Actually, we're watching women's rugby, which I didn't know existed. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Like, this is pretty badass. Yeah. Very All much. right. So we have American football. We have the NFL here, right? So what is the difference between rugby? Is it Australian rules football? Does that still exist? So what it is, is rugby union and rugby league. Ah. They look very similar. But what you'll see with the main difference is, well, there's 15 players on rugby union. There's 13 on rugby league. With rugby league, once you get tackled, the play stops for a second while they get up and play the ball. The other team has to get back 10 metres. Whereas with rugby union, they have this thing called a ruck or a maul. And that's where when someone gets tackled, you'll see everyone create a scrum on top. Yeah. What that is, you can really use that as a skill to get the other players in, tie them out. And if you bring five, six, seven of their forwards into the ruck or maul, that's going to give your backs more room to play um, play their, their game with their step, with their passes, and it really opens the game up. They're very, very similar to look at same shape ball. You tackle. You have to pass backwards. There's offside rules, whereas with gridiron, you know, you can pass forward, you can pass backwards, you can pass sideways. And the scrums in rugby union as well are brutal. In rugby league, they... They just sort of go there. And if you feed the ball into the scrum, 99% of the time you're going to win it. Whereas in rugby, you can hear the contact of them coming together. Yeah, yeah. It's not for the faint of heart, that's for sure. Thanks for going with that and going off topic there. <laughs> I just I said, hey, I'm going to take this opportunity here now. For sure, um, why not? You mentioned you're coming to the States here this year. So what do you got going on? Tell us about what you got going on coming over here. Yeah, so it's working with a foundation, the B University. So it's not 100% signed, sealed and delivered yet. Mm -hmm. So in October, looking at going, I'm partnering with B University. And what that is, that's a university really to help athletes, to help people that, and it's not just for college students, for anyone really, but to really raise above, to help with mental illness, to help with they're questioning with both their physicality and their mentality as well. So we're doing it from an outside perspective. I'm not there to teach calculus. I'm not there to, you know, do all this other stuff. That's not what I do. Yeah. I'm there to raise the energy, raise the vitality, work on the mindset, work on the body because they work in harmony as well. Like, because I know when I broke my arm, I mentioned to you, I think it was before we were recording, I snapped my arm doing arm wrestling and my arm went paralyzed for four months. I know how that injury affected me mentally because it's more than just a physicality behind it. And also playing rugby league, I played semi-professional. But as I said, I had two knee reconstructions, which put me out. So it's being aware of the stresses that these athletes and not just athletes, but the uni students are all going through. And for them knowing that they're not going through it by themselves and to really open the door to ask for help. 
Where can they go? What can they do? So that's all with the university. Excellent. I love that. You know, I'm sure that'll work out tremendously for you. You mentioned the mind thing, you know, mindset. We talk about that yeah. all the time, right? It's almost like an overused word, but it is super important mm. to be mentally strong. Like the mind is a muscle. I mean, it is a muscle. Oh, very much so. And my wrestling coach used to say brilliantly, because I like I'm not the biggest bloke going around. I'd fight at 65 kilos, which is 145 pounds mm-hmm. or 150 pounds. But I could take down guys that were a lot bigger because mentally I could get them in positions that were uncomfortable. And he goes, imagine if you have a Ferrari and you have a mini minor going around a race course, but you have a Ferrari, which is this powerful, fast car, but you have someone that doesn't know how to use it. Yeah, They're going to crash in the first corner. Whereas you get a skilled driver, which is the mindset of that mini minor. And more often than not, they're going to beat that Ferrari. Wow. Not ever heard it explained that way. It's always good to kind of articulate it in a mm. different way versus just saying, hey, you need to work on your mindset. So, you know, you actually yeah, give a practical angles, advice yeah. there. Okay. How do we learn more about your five steps towards improved vitality? Where can we go to learn more about there, that? I do have a website, which is Phenomleap, P-H-E-N-O-M-L-E-A-P.com.au. There will also have my Three Pillars to High Performance, where that's online coaching course, where we've also got a corporate wing of that as well, where with a corporate wing, there's a few different levels. And it's all about with a corporate one, we're specializing in middle management because Mm. the C-levels have their own coaches, their own trainers, but the middle management, they get pressure from the top down and the bottom up. So we're strengthening them. We're giving them resilience and giving them these tools and systems to positively impact all of the ground stuff, and also have influence on the way up. What people can also do is get in contact through LinkedIn. I'm quite active on that. Mm -hmm. Or feel free to email me as well. It's David, D-A-V-I-D, at David Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, dot com, dot A-U. Because if I can help one person, I'm a happy guy. And that's what I try and do, especially with the videos that I put up on LinkedIn, is to give people a little bit of advice, a little bit of confidence, and know that they're not doing it by themselves. I'm happy to help people out wherever I can. And I believe that too. When we first interacted, by the way, that's Israeli email, folks. He's emailed me. So definitely yeah, reach yeah, out to legit. him. But he responded back with a video telling me about himself, which is, you know, people don't do that stuff, which I thought was really cool. And I appreciated that. So thank you for doing that, David. Pleasure. Okay. So as we wrap up here, I mean, this has been tremendous. And again, the first international guest on the WTO oh, take it. show. I mean, that's, you know, that, that should make it. your day right there. Huh? <laughs> 100%. What advice would you give? You know, we talked a little bit about the people listening to the show, you know, they're in this stuck position, right? They're in a situation yeah. similar to you, maybe when you were in 100%. the audience, right? What advice would you give to them as maybe a first step or something that they could do to maybe move a little bit further as you keep doing this ladder thing? What would you say to them? Yeah, so it's take that first step. That first step is the most daunting. And with Phantom Leap, we call it that because it's for a phenomenal lifestyle, you do need to leap. You don't walk into a phenomenal lifestyle, you don't run into it, but you leap into it. But what I suggest people to start off with is take that first step. Because in order to leap in something, you need to build up that momentum. And it starts off with walking. You don't reach for the stars first up. Look at them and be inspired by them 100%. Take tools and systems. Learn. If you can, you get a coach, get a mentor. Just surround yourself with people that 
aren't going to pull you down. Surround yourself with people that are going to lift you up and help you get towards that end goal. And realize, I'm a stubborn guy. I've always been stubborn in sports. I've always been stubborn in everything I do. Realize that it's not going to happen overnight. Realize that even if you think it's going to be a 12-month journey, it might be four or five years. Like I said, I'm speaking seven years on, and it's now just really starting to flourish. And it's still going to keep moving up. You build momentum, but it doesn't happen overnight. Keep plotting away and take those little incremental steps. Yeah, that's great advice. It does not happen overnight. It will not. Sometimes it does, but it's not going to. And, you know, hey, if you could say to me or someone, hey, in seven years, you'll have this result. Are you willing to wait? Yeah. Right. I yeah. think the answer for delayed most gratification. Yes, 100%. Yeah. David, you're the man. I appreciate it. I love the energy at 630 in the morning. So uh, <laughs> my pleasure, Brian. Thank you very much for having me on. Yeah, and I hope your listeners got something from it as well. And yeah, feel free to reach out and get in contact. I'm more than happy to help out. Yeah, no doubt they will. All right, everyone, make it a great day. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the W2 Prison Break Show. Don't forget, you can watch all full episodes on our YouTube channel. Definitely check that out and please subscribe. Go to www.w2prisonbreak.com to learn more. If you like this show, please leave us a rating and review so we can continue to support you and the thousands of others planning their W-2 prison break. Here's to busting you out.